All right, so we've all played MMOs on and off throughout the years and stuff like that, but uh, gentlemen, I, I pose a question to you. What is the dumbest way you've ever leveled up in an MMO? Uh, I can think about, like, in Terra. Uh, all right, so there is crafting, and so there is, and for the mid-level crafting, you can kind of make really kind of cheap things. Like as far as gathering resources wise, cheap. It, when especially after they revamp the whole thing mm-hmm. and how resources are gathered, and you need a lot less to do it. So I just sat at a forge and just like made really crappy mid level armor, just tons of it. Just kept yeah. Basically, I just gr- grinded for a while, which is fun because I like Terra, like the way it plays. Yeah, you know, it's action RPG style, but no. I, I I remember back when I was playing WoW, I found out about the bandage system, which I'm not even sure is still in the thing. You could train in first aid so you could make bandages, and mm-hmm. I managed to make it through like two characters not knowing those even in the game, then for my third character, like, oh shit, this is a thing. And I looked at my warlock that had like just stacks upon stacks of, I think it was like linen cloth that I no longer <laughs> had any use for. It's like, okay, cool. I think I went from like level two to level 10 just (laughs) hey you know what that's way more fun than kill 10 bats i have to say it took like half an hour for this thing to keep rolling it was like i'm like this is dumb i kept running out of bag space i'm like oh god everything about this is terrible (laughs) i uh well i guess you said the question the prompt was what's the dumbest way you leveled up in the game yeah i've um, I botted several characters on WoW and got banned for six months. Ooh. <laughs> different kind of dumb, different kind of dumb, but it's in, it's in the same spirit of things, but... Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I bring this up because I think we're all kind of equally amused by the fact that, uh, A, there's a Lord of the Rings MMO, which I keep forgetting is a thing. Yeah, I forget too. B, someone got to max level as a hobbit just making pies. Nice. Yeah, that, that reminds me of the. Have you heard of the double agent character in WoW? Let's assume I haven't because I haven't. Okay, no, I haven't. <laughs> so double agent. So when you create a Pandaren in WoW, you start off with no faction. You're not either alliance or horde. Oh, we have mm-hmm. talked about this. The guy that hit max yeah. without leaving the starting zone. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about this. And all he does is mine and pick herbs. Yeah, and so he is still leveling that character. By the way, I mean he's the only true Pandaren in that entire fucking game because that's what he's. Yes, yeah. yes, and so ever since the Pandarens have been out, he every time the expansion there's a new like level cap increase, he has been leveling up this character. So I believe even now currently he has double agent at level sixty. In fact, let me jump on the Pandaren. There's even an achievement I think now for him. But yeah, uh, yep, yeah, level sixty. Yep. So the dude has been leveling this character for fucking ages, <laughs> and so yeah, it's it really is a legend. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I think baking pies is right up there with picking flowers. On and- one hand, I got nothing but respect for the choose to do this. On the other hand, maybe it's- don't do this. <laughs> Like, all right, so it just makes me think, all right, so other MMOs, you know, there's a there's a Warhammer MMO, right? There was one. Uh, yeah, though I think I've talked yeah. about it a couple times. The Age yes. of Reckoning one. Yeah, that, yeah Age of Reckoning. Remember. Yep. So so what would be thematic for somebody to make non-combat, that is, in a Warhammer 
MMO? Like, what what would be what would be truly fitting? Like, what, uh, what would they what would dying, they dying? Like throwing yourself off a cliff into oblivion. I <laughs> you gotta respect the level of grim dark that is any Warhammer anything. Like, if you told me that Baker's, I, I know Baker's in theory exists within the world of Warhammer Fantasy Age of Sigmar, but like. All those bakers have like to to make a scone, murder like nine people to get there. Kind of thing. Every <laughs> single baked good in the Warhammer universe requires a sacrifice of life, not like in a corn or like a blood for the blood god, or even like a soul's power of the forge kind of way. Just like going to the store to buy like the eggs and the flour to make anything in that universe involves like nine conspiratorial plots and like a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's terrible. Like I, again, people do not get the fact that that entire, like both of those settings, are completely kind of farcical exaggerations meant to be like, no, no, no. Actually, like all these fancy universes you think are so cool to live in, they all would be terrible because all of them don't take into account like the simple facts. Like, oh, this country's been at war for a thousand years. Do you know what a thousand years of war looks like? No, because we haven't done that in. Multiple millennia. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 245. We're back, boys and girls. We were gone for a cool bit. We were all banished to the Shadow Realm for a week. I got wrecked by a COVID shot. Let's be upfront on this one. My side effects were enough that I like got the shot on Friday and lost a weekend. I am fine. You should get the shot still. Like I wasn't like in any mortal danger, but sitting up was painful. But you got the shot in the Shadow Realm, right? Because that's no. where we were. No Shadow Realm. Yeah. Ooh. I got the Shadow Realm shot. Is that what we're going to <laughs> Now I'm in the shadow realm and COVID. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, we're back. Uh, yeah, we took a week off. Uh, Charlie was uh, under the weather, and he's our producer. Take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, self-care. Every once in a while, we need it. And so we, we figured we'd, we'd take the week. And so I think it was the earliest I've ever canceled the episode, too. Like, I texted you guys around, like, 2 in the afternoon on Saturday. I'm like, we're not doing this. Yeah, like, there's, you're, there's no way this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's I mean that's that's totally fair. That's yeah, you ask me like a text around like seven p.m. You'd be like, ah, I'm sick, or like, yeah, we're not doing it this week. This was like early afternoon. Be like, nah, dogs, we're yeah. not doing this. But we're back. Uh, we so we're uh, we're we're back to our usual shenanigans, if you will. I'd say back on our bullshit. Yeah, same difference. Back on our bullshit. Yeah, could Absolutely. say that. You know what though? You know what I haven't done in a while that I want to do? I want to crack open a cold one with the boys. Let's get this going. What nightmare fuel are you drinking this time? <laughs> I am drinking the Sonic the Hedgehog themed G fuel that comes in a can. Is it nice. the Sonic or the Sanic? I think they made a Sanic version too. There, <laughs> this is actually the Sonic one. No Sanic here. All Sonic. So. Wait, uh, I yeah. thought G Fuel was like the powdered stuff. How did you crack open a container of G Fuel? So G Fuel has actually started selling the uh, the canned energy drinks in stores. Um, yeah, at I've least seen it, that. Yeah, 
They have four of them right now. There's the one that's the PewDiePie themed one that I had gotten a while ago. Man, there I hate was... this. The whole thing was like it's just like powder you mix with water and therefore yeah. it's fine. But now they've gone like back to being an energy drink company too. So yeah, oh, and it's God. still zero sugar and all that, which is nice. Um, so yeah, they're they have four right now that are offering in stores. It's the the PewDiePie one, the Sonic the Hedgehog limited time run. Uh, there's one that's after Crash Bandicoot, which is like a Wumba fruit flavor, they call it. Mm. Uh, and then there's one more that's from some... It's a blue-themed one that's like a sour blue flavor from some dude at Faze. Hold on, I have the can here. Um, There's nothing about this I like. Sour Chug Rug! If that doesn't get you fucking I was thirsty... Wrong. I, that's I, there's terrible. Nothing about this I don't like. <laughs> Inspired by Rug. If, if this if this doesn't get you fucking thirsty and ready to fucking game down with some cool G fuel, man, I don't know what to tell you. But I I I have thoughts. None of them are good. Mostly that no beverage should ever be inspired by rug. I will say though, it, it doesn't go down pretty easy. It's not as rugged as you think. Get off my podcast. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Bullshit. Get off this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we're back. Um, so yeah, let's 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 catch up. It's been we've had two weeks. I think actually I wasn't I actually wasn't on for two weeks, actually. Yeah, you were at the yeah. Yeah, so we've got some catching up to do. So yeah. let's let's hear about it. What's going on, gents? Tell me how you doing. Oh, actually I should also introduce who's here. I, if, I God, I've been gone two weeks and I'm a fucking Scrub at this. Yeah, it's all that rug you've been drinking. It's addled your brain. <laughs> well, I need to check down some of this Sonic stuff so I can go fast here. Um, well, I am Alex, aka Mave Online. I'm joined here today with Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided, our producer and showrunner. Um, and of course, Henry, aka Kraken Zero, our resident cosplayer and all around Sega enthusiast. Mm hmm. And actually, I think you're you're technically our our retro gamer correspondent. If I actually had to give you another title, yes, yeah, probably true. Yeah, I, I definitely keep up on a lot of like what's going on in retro games. Like the streams I watch are almost nearly one hundred percent retro games. Yeah, I, I think I've got most of my retro game news in the last couple months from you. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, or like what, like watching the clip of like uh. When you were, was it? It was that. It was a Nintendo game where your character flew off the map. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Double, Dra Double Dragon Three. That's yes. <laughs> that's a that's a powerful one. It's just I oh yeah okay so yeah you can see that on my Twitch channel or on my YouTube channel. But basically yeah like uh, at the very last boss of Double Dragon Three, I'm fighting and the boss just kind of throws me off the screen just. Just off the screen, it just stays off the screen for like a couple of minutes, and I just kind of wait. And uh, it never fall, never actually lands. Like just gone forever, and eventually the boss just leaves, and then the game goes game over. <laughs> That's literally what happens. The boss gets bored of waiting for me to fall back down. Sounds like Double Dragon, and just yeah. leaves. I still think about that clip. It's it's freaking great. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's let's catch up on how everybody's doing. Who wants to uh, go first, or should I just go first, real quick? Whatever yeah. you want. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go first, real quick, just to get caught up. 
Um, so I guess in the gaming side of things, I started streaming again. Um, now that I, I got my my new <laughs> yeah, I know Henry's popped in both nights, and I started streaming now on my uh, my raid nights. So shout outs to Henry on that. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so I started streaming again, and I uh, I gotta say it it, it runs pretty smoothly with the thirty eighty now because it's got the so Nvidia cards have a really good hardware encoder. Where are you streaming? pimping the 3080 to run fucking WoW as a smoothest <laughs> test? No, well, not so much that. It's it's the so the Nvidia cards have the NVEC encoder that's built into mm-hmm. the. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. It, so I'm using the all the video card itself to actually encode the stream, and yeah, it that makes it really way well. better. Way yeah, sure. Better. You're just using WoW as a benchmark for the graphics card capability. No, 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 like, no. Okay, no. Some more stream tech. I, I, I take my incredulity back now. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. It's actually been the uh, the last few nights I've been streaming with it. It actually runs really good. Like I don't notice any drop frames or, or impact performance. Like it runs solid. So, um, and I guess I mean I don't know. Henry, did the stream look okay? No, it looked really good. It looked really smooth. I didn't see any hiccups whatsoever. So, yeah, and I think I'm running it at like. Uh, 1080p 60 frames, probably. I gotta double check. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, you were. Yeah. So it, it runs real smooth, which I uh, definitely appreciate. But yeah, the. One would hope. Yeah. Well, because like when I was running it on the, uh, the, the RX 580, it definitely had to minimize the output kind of thing. But for the most part, it's been pretty good. Um, I will say, going back and playing some games on that card has been really, really fun. Like, I've got GTA 5. Like, I don't know if I told you guys last time I started, I was playing, I was playing more GTA 5 again, uh, which has been also a lot of fun. Um, I have sworn off Overwatch for the most part. I just can't. Really? I can't stand that fucking game anymore, man. Like, I play it and I just get mad. And I just don't want to play that fucking game anymore. Like, even, even with the friends that I normally play with on like weeknights and stuff like that. I was. I tell them like, I'll play any other fucking game. I don't want to play Overwatch. That game just makes me fucking mad. And See, I, I want to play. It. The only the only way I found way to make it fun was I like occasionally was gaming as a part of a little group where we would play other games within the game, such as basically playing like hide and go seek or tag, and that was more fun than playing the the game normally. Just just saying. <laughs> Well, they have the like the game workshop now, where they have all those fun like custom mods. Like they have, mm-hmm. um, they had the ones with like there was this one we played where it was you were all Anna's and you had to sleep people, and when you slept them, you could throw them off a cliff, and that's how you got your kills. And so, like, there's stuff like that, but like in the end, like honestly, I just fucking hate playing Overwatch now. I don't know why I have such a deep rooted hatred for that game now. That like I just don't want to play it, and I'm I mean, given we have some more news talk on it, it just makes my anger for that game even more. Uh, so, um, I've been finding other alternatives. So I've been playing, like I said, GTA Five. I uh, mm. I actually I loaded up Call of Duty Warzone. Mm. I would rather play. Explain yourself. <laughs> I would rather play that fucking shit stain of a game. Than Overwatch, 
Because at least when I die in that game, the pain is over immediately, and then the game starts up again. Yeah, I I think okay. Hmm, like hero hero shooters, the hero arena shooters. I think it's real easy to get tired of those. For from in my own opinion, just having I mean, I played like you know Team Fortress two a lot back in mm-hmm. the day, and so I could I can definitely feel you on that one. See, that's the thing about, like, I never had any kind of deep-rooted hatred for Team Fortress 2. I loved Team Fortress 2. I would load that shit up. Yeah. I would load that shit up right now. You don't. Uh, It's taken a turn for the um, bad. Not the game itself, the community. Yeah, Uh, yeah, true, true. There's been. We've even reported on the weirdness before, like that's been going on with Team Fortress Two. I think yeah. we have actually. Yeah, we, yeah I, we have. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were a couple servers I used to hang out on where people were pretty, pretty chill, which was pretty nice. Um, <laughs> there was, I, I always remember there was a guy whose name was Prison Mike, and he had the logo from the office where he was. It was Steve Carell with the bandana on, and he was always <laughs> fun to play with. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. But yeah, like I just don't want to play Overwatch, man. Like, give me any other game. I, I I loaded up GTA. I mean, hell, I started looking up other games on Steam. I loaded up Devil May Cry Five because I want to start streaming that. Maybe which, which that's a hell of a game. That's a yeah. really good game. Yeah, well, because I'm I'm looking to try to find a single player game to stream when I'm not raiding well. Um, and I, I'm kind of bouncing between like Bloodstained because I have that. Mm. Or Devil May Cry 5. So I may do Bloodstained first just because, like, that I really like the Castlevania games. So, like, having a Castlevania-esque game would be kind of fun. Yeah. So I'll go with that. But, yeah, since I've been streaming more and actually really enjoying it, uh, I think I'm going to go with that. And yeah, after so, our game of the year, was it two years ago now? I wouldn't play through that thing. I was pleased with it. Yeah. I mean, and it looks gorgeous. That game still looks fucking great. Yeah, I, too much going on in that game, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I really like you know, just inside. I really like the fact that it went with you know high res, you know high res uh, assets instead of you know, and then they made another game with this sort of you know eight bit or sixteen bit look. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it looks really great. Yeah, I think they spent a lot of time in the art, and it shows. Yeah. Well, I like even too, like, I remember when they were releasing that game, they even did a trailer where people complained about the art, and the creator, like, recreated the thing where, like, Dracula throws the the wine glass uh-huh. when he's sitting oh, yeah. in his chair, where he, and then they announced the, the, the texture upgrade stuff that he's always been working on, which was like, it's so good. God. It's amazing what you can do with a game when you actually love the game that you work on. And, like, yep. it shows! Yeah. And and that's the thing. Also, brought in very capable teams to make it. Yeah, brought, brought in a lot of very capable teams to make that make those games. So yeah, yeah. It's not the dead husk of a fucking game that Overwatch is. But anyway, what if I told I, you Overwatch has actually been kind of bad for quite some time now? It's just mm-hmm. the kind of mass popularity of that game that kept it going. I'd go so far as to say it maybe has always been bad. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just over it. 
<laughs> you should be. I so yes. Um, but yeah. Beyond that, I've just kind of been um been kind of just playing well. Not and even then, I'm only working on one character now. I'm trying to not. I'm not really working on multiple characters. Cutting down that alcoholism. Yeah, alcoholism. cutting that down. I'm waiting for the day I finally get super mad at WoW and quit that too. But um, I mean, I'm Destiny ready again, is which waiting. is nice. Uh, Destiny. If you game? ever, if you ever uh, go full, a full core into Final Fantasy 14, I will join you there. I'm uh, really close to. to if you want to start a level Fantasy one character 14. with me, I will. I will do my best to keep pace with your MMO play. I can't make any promises, but. I will attempt to give you a friend to play that game with. <laughs> yeah, that actually, I, I'd, I'd even join you, uh, but I I'm still trying to play like Fantasy Star Online too occasionally. <laughs> I may I may actually take you guys up on that. I so that's the other thing I forgot to bring up for a while. I talking to a couple of coworkers, including my boss, um, and we have a weekly WoW leveling group that uh, we level up alliance characters. And we play for like two hours a, a week because, mm. um, I mean, A, one of the guys is like, he just had a, a, new, a newborn. So he's like in between, obviously, taking care of his kids and all that stuff. He's got like a two hour window where we play from like actually a two to three hour window. And then uh, my boss, he'll get on and play. And then another coworker. So it's two coworkers and my boss and myself, and we'll just jump on and play Saturday mornings from, like, 7 a.m. to, like, 9.30, and then it's like, all right, guys, see you next week, or see you at work on Monday. Yeah. So I've been I've... doing that, too, but they're, they've got the trial, and so once we hit the level 20, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I may lure them over to Final Fantasy fourteen. I will go through the hell process that is figuring out how to play that game, actually, on a PC, because it should not be that hard to start a game. Yeah, well, Final Fantasy fourteen you can play on the controller even on PC. No, that's fine. It. It's, the, it's the Squeenix Steam account linkage where it's like, no, oh. you've done this once, and no. Yeah, technically the, the Squeenix solo client and the Steam edition are separate clients, but you connect to the same game world. Yep. It's the way the licensing is handled, which, yep. is, yes, is very fucking bizarre. It's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, yeah, I will definitely let you guys know. I'm I've I've been wanting to get back into Final Fantasy fourteen because I the few times that I played it, people were really fucking nice, and it's funny too because like I tell people, hey, you know, just try to get used to this game because they see I'm a new character because it'll show you that you're a new character, so people are nice to you, kind of thing, and they are like, and they they'd ask you like, are you like a WoW refugee? I'm like, yeah. And like, oh, well, hey, welcome to the game. I had such a nice experience in like one of the first dungeons I ever did in that game. I love the idea that the entire community is like, are you a WoW refugee? There's <laughs> a whole movement of people who are WoW refugees for Final Fantasy XIV. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, no, yeah, well, it makes, it makes perfect like, sense. It's like that Anthem and Destiny are refugees and outriders that came back to Destiny because <laughs> the, the, the fucking meme that's always like that happens whenever a new loot shooter comes out, it's like, Ah, so it's like, oh, you're, it's like, it's like, it's the Thanos thing where it's like, where did your hubris lead you right back to me? It's like, Destiny's like, oh, no, people are leaving for Outlier Riders. They'll be back. No, they won't. They're leaving this time. They'll be back two and a half weeks later. Oh, they're back. Look at it. 
Yeah. Was it cold out there in the world? Did you try to run away? Did you come right back here to Destiny, motherfucker? Yeah, you did. Now get back out there and grind materials. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was always, I was just surprised that there was like a whole thing where they're like, oh yeah, you you a refugee, if you will. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, hey, welcome. And they were so nice. They were fucking pleasant. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that being said, if, yeah, I said if I ever do jump into it, I'll I'll let you guys know. How much is it to play? I don't even know. <laughs> I've never played it. Uh, there is a free trial for Final Fantasy fourteen hmm. that you can sign up for. I don't know the details on it, but I do know they offer it, and they they used to do it limited time, but I think now it's a permanent like trial they have. Um, I don't know what you're limited on. Like, I don't know what that entails, but it is a thing. So I'm going to play a dancer. Yeah, dancer, dancer's pretty cool. I just just like the idea of like that's my job. Yeah, and that's my battle job. It's like <laughs> it's it's way better than a bard. Yeah, yes. like, <laughs> dancer superior help. to bard. We need help. What are you gonna do? I will. Yeah. I will dance. <laughs> I'll dance the dance of my people. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys know if I do end up jumping into it. So, huh? beyond that, I don't, I don't. Think I have, oh, that's right. I got my second Pfizer shot. So, oh, good for you. Yeah. Um, it made me fucking sleepy. So, just letting you folks know. Two anecdotal stories that we're like to get the second shot now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully that's what it's like for me when I get my second one. That just makes me mainly sleepy. Yeah, I do not wish my experience on anyone. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was like just getting super, like, super fatigued. And like, it happened quick. Like, I got the shot like around... 6 40 something p.m. and then by like 9 9 30 p.m. I was like I'm powering down that's also nighttime is it possible it was just nighttime Alex no because I'm a night owl and so I'm always up late I get that but still things happen and I just I just fair enough yeah and I and the thing is I only sleep for like maybe four or five hours a night normally um, so having, uh, having that happen was not just, there. but yeah, that's, uh, that's it for me. I don't think I have yeah. anything else. I guess I can go next. I watched that Mortal Kombat movie that just came out. How bad is it? Ah, uh, let me put it this way. When Kano and Cabal are two of the best parts of your movie hand down, hands down kind of thing. And it's not even a great Kano, and it's not even an, a... It's the best theatrical representation of Cabal ever, but it's also Cabal in, like, full gas mask armor, talking with, like, a British... Uh, not British, a Brooklyn accent the entire time, which I could not get the fuck over. I, <laughs> yeah, I... Kano and Cabal are two of the greatest characters in that movie. I... 
I think it's like a two hour, that's like roughly a two hour long movie. There's a half hour of that movie tops actually worth watching. And surprise, surprise, it's the part where Kano or Cabal is talking or Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting. <laughs> Often each other, so it limits actually how much of that there is. The, mm-hmm. the, the movie is bad. Like, I, I, I shudder to say this, but like, the original Mortal Kombat movie that brought us other Mortal Kombat movies is still hands down the better Mortal Kombat movie. I will go so far as to say its sequel, you know, that really terrible Mortal Kombat movie is still better than this. Wow. I, it's close to being that bad. At least that one was fun. Uh, this one at certain points like actively made me angry at it. They did Kung Lao dirty in it at one point. Uh, someone calls Liu Kang just Lu at one point, which I'm also just like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? Sonya Blade sucks through the entire thing. Uh, Which is a shame because uh, actual Scorpion, and there's a spoiler attached to that, but I'm not going to go into it, so it's not. Like, actual Scorpion and Sub-Zero are amazing. The guys playing them are great. The action, the fight sequences, the CG effects, all the stuff they got going on is great. The guy playing Kano is having way, just way too goddamn much fun (laughs) being Kano. In, like, the way you want someone playing Kano to be, yeah. like... That's supposed to be a character that chooses scenery. Yeah, yeah, and then you have Cabal that's just there being, like, Cabal. That I'm like, Cabal's not only a character with strong personality, but I really enjoy, like, New York Borough Cabal being like, yo, I know this Kano guy. Yeah, he's he's dirty as fuck. I can turn him. <laughs> yeah, Kano starts the movie off as a good guy, but not really, and Sonya starts off terrible, and doesn't get better through the entire thing. Uh, Jack starts off likable and gets less likable and then like gets both infinitely more likable, but also real stupid as a character towards the end. Uh, yeah, I, there are five characters that are good in the entire movie. And one of them's Kung Lao and Kung Lao. You're not supposed to like, like, and they play him well. Like it's Kung Lao's an asshole the entire time. He's Kung Lao, a uh, descendant of Kung Lao, the great Kung Lao kind of thing. You're like, Oh, you're an asshole. Got it. Hmm. Yeah, I. That's even, a shame. Even our new version of Shang Sun is not enough to recommend this movie by. Uh, it's really I, you. That's that's the thing. It's like the the, the first you know yeah. the in well, the first movie that Shang Sun was played by an awesome actor. Like that dude is an amazing actor. It's like that's that's a tough act to follow. I would have to say. I, I, mean, I think there's room to do other versions of Shang Tsung. Like, you could do a good version. There's just no charisma to him. He's just like, yeah, it's, I'm Shang Tsung, and I'm evil Raiden, I guess. And I'm like, no, you're, you're Shang Tsung. You're the soul-eating warlock that does bullshit. Like, wh- why are you boring? Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. Like, the, in the first movie, Shang Tsung was played by a great actor who really knew how to just be, like, hilariously evil. Shoo but- that scenery of Shang Tsung, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I, like the plop set for the tournament's dumb. Like, uh, so the logo of Mortal Kombat comes from the fact that uh, you are chosen by destiny to be combatants in the Mortal Kombat tournament, and you gain the birthmark, and that lets you get, I think it was like um, Arcana or something, which is the magical powers the characters have, and they go through a whole training montage for that. And I guess, fuck it, spoilers, I don't care at this point. Um, You know what Jax's Arcana, Arcana is? Robot Guns. arms? No, he, sh- he starts. He, 
he loses his arms to Sub Zero in a badass manner, and they give him like shitty robot arms. His Arcana, his you know magic fireball ability, is to turn shitty robot arms into better robot arms. That's at least an improvement. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hated it. My 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 magic arcana power is better engineering. Yeah, yeah, he grows <laughs> the robot arms, and you're like, why didn't you just build better robot arms in the first place? Like, the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, I, I guess maybe it's also super strength, kind of, but uh, it's so much of this movie is terrible. And again, like, it's sad because it's a good R-rated Mortal Kombat in that regard. Like, it's bloody. You have like. Sub Zero stab it, dude. Grab his blood that comes out and then stab him with his blood, turn into an icicle. I'm like, yeah, it's a good Sub Zero moment. Yeah. The guy that plays Scorpion is just like the most Scorpion ass motherfucker the entire time. Like, he's a fantastic Hanzo. I, it's, yeah, when he's still human, he's great. When he's Scorpion, it's just like, oh, you have, you went to hell for motherfucker. You are great. <laughs> yeah, I, I Behan is appropriately terrible. Yeah, I, the fact that they set it up for Bihan, you know, Sub-Zero, to be the main bad guy, and Shang Tsung's just kind of there with Bihan working for him, you're like, why? Like, no, A, no, B, what? That's so dumb. That's yeah. kind of bizarre. Shang Tsung's the bad guy, man! That's how it's always been! And but then he's the bad guy in this, but, like, the, the main the bad main guy, one. Yeah, the main yeah. bad guy is obviously Sub-Zero, and like, Shang Tsung does one, like, arguably Shang Tsung does only one evil thing in the entire movie and see the guy's soul. And even then you're kind of like, ah, I lost the fight. Like, yeah, it just makes sense. Like, I, yeah, I, in a movie where Kano punches through someone's chest at one point, pulls out their chest and yells, Kano wins in the only natural implementation of a fatality ever in a movie. It's great. Every other part of the movie is terrible, though. That's too bad because yeah, I was thinking about watching it. I, I get get drunk or something and watch it. Maybe you'll have a good time. Like I go in with real low expectations. Like if if you're not prepared for Kano to be the best character in the entire goddamn movie, and for you to go after leaving it going, you know maybe Ronda Rousey's version of Sonya was more nuanced than we gave it credit for. Like hmm. it, it retroactively makes a lot of acting in the previous games better. I. I think one of the best moments of the movie happens at the very end, and that sucks. Uh, the totally new character they invented for it, I think, is a not like socially a real problem, but God, did he piss me off as a character? Like minor spoilers, but the descendant of Scorpion is a character, mm. and he sucks, and his Arcana is sucky, and nothing <laughs> about him is cool. Like, if he became Scorpion, I'd be like, okay, cool, it's a fantastic lead-up for a shitty character to become, like, actual Scorpion. He gets possessed by a Scorpion, fine, whatever, that's badass. No, nothing that cool happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, it's... It is a movie you can go to, you can you can watch. Uh, <laughs> there are parts of it that are fun, they are the parts where Cabal is talking, Kano is fighting, or Sub-Zero, or uh, Scorpion are on screen. The rest did, of the movie, you just kind of want to stop watching. I did see this one clip where is it Luke Kang keeps sweeping, like leg sweeping Kano? Uh, yeah, it's Kung Lao, I think, technically. But I. 
that's it, it's funny the first couple times it happens, but also it's preceded by one of the worst parts of that movie. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. This is a funny moment that like is carried simply by the fact that again, one of the only good actor or good characters in this entire movie. It's like, oh, they're taking the piss out of him. Oh, that's funny. That's funny now. Fifth time, like this isn't funny anymore. You overplayed the joke. Like just have Kano stab him now in frustration, and never happens. Yeah, I feel like I think this movie suffers the fact that probably Boone and Tobias had too much input, just like they did with uh, Not enough opposite Arma- Armageddon. This thing, this thing reeks of. I think like some executives got to it or something because it's setting up a better story that like it seems like. Uh, I tremble to say it. There's the, the, the Sonya Blade character is only bad because the uh, what there's a weird tonal shift in her about a third of the way through the movie where it goes from like okay you're kind of doing something interesting with this character and then no like it there was a good version of this script that's a lot better than this movie was like hell, I think there's a better cut of this movie that is better than it was and someone's like. But what if we made it more Mortal Kombat? Oh, like the new ones that have really good story modes to them? No. Like Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade. Or <laughs> 3. Which one was the bad one that had fucking uh, Sub-Zero and a vest on it? Three? That was... Is it 2 or 3? Uh... Mortal Kombat 3 was great, though. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 is solid. Yeah, I'm trying to one that had Mortal Kombat in like a vest. Like he was like in biker sh- He was in like bike shorts and just like a urban uh, that, yeah is the little brother of the original one yeah, yeah. um i think that was in two and three i don't remember now i don't know I, I don't remember it's the one without scorpion i think is what i'm thinking of i could be totally wrong scorpion's been in all of them has he been i thought there was one that he wasn't in that people got pissed off about. there i mean uh, unless you think about maybe mortal kombat mythology sub-zero which is a I side-scrolling a side-scrolling yeah. game do you remember that one that yeah, was all right. It worked. It kind of worked as a game. Oh, Shadowland Monks was a hell of a game too, and even Scorpion's in that technically. Yep. Oh yeah, Scorpion is also in that one. Oh, okay. Scorpion is also in that. Never mind. There's one that has like the weird flaw of like all the characters you want aren't in it. Where it's like it's a new roster, and I, I could be confused in my games at this point. It might have not been a total roster shift, but yeah, I, it's <sighs> yeah, yeah. I honestly stopped tracking it after, like, Mortal Kombat 4, really. I just stopped tracking the entire game series. The but. 3D ones are bad, I'll give you that. I have also a special place in my heart for them. Uh, I kind of like some of the 3D ones, actually. They weren't too bad. Like, Mortal Kombat 10 wasn't so bad. I was uh, so pissed that's off with the 3D one. That's still 2D fighting. I'm talking unless you had, like, full 3D motion during fighting. You could go up and down the uh, screen. That's like, great. Like Tekken? Yeah, you could circle. Oh, 360 in Mortal Kombat? That's so fucking weird. Yeah, I'm talking like Deadly Alliance, Annihilation, and Deception. Ew. Oh. Yeah. You had like three fighting stances. One of them was a weapon per character. I Oh, yeah, I remember the, that. Yeah, the start of the cool that. story modes, but also like one of them was just like, hi, you're playing an adventure game. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did have the three weapon stances and all that yeah. stuff. Oh, I remember that. I had that actually too. I we all did. I had it. Yeah. Um. I. It's funny too because you still have the stances now. 
Um, but they're not. Least, but they're not the same. Yeah, you can kind of transition between them. It was like defined stances with stance transition moves. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can switch between combat. Yeah, no, these are like you said it, and those you have all the general move sets, but you have certain ones that are like specific to the stance you're playing. Yeah, and like the new Mortal Kombat. I also really enjoy Mortal Kombat now because watching Sonic Fox absolutely fucking maul people in that game is just oh yeah, I know chef's kiss every yeah. Time. And again, like the Mortal Kombat movie's not bad, but like it's you're, you're watching it, like it, it is bad. I'm afraid like it's bad, but you're watching it for certain moments. Like the time Melina fully opens her mouth, you're like, yeah. Uh, but also, it happens way too late in the movie, and it's like it. People die like punks in this movie too. I think with some frequency. Yeah, I mean, it suffers from the curse of video game movies. Like, it, very rarely do you ever see a video game movie actually do well. Uh, sure. Yeah. I think I heard someone describe this as if you could turn your brain off and enjoy that first Suicide Squad movie, you can enjoy this. I am here to say that I think that Suicide Squad movie, despite being a really bad movie, is still a better movie than this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, it's it's a hard thing to transfer from one medium to another because there's different well, and I've talked about this before. It's like, you know, translating comic books to movies hasn't always been good. Like, we are kind of in the modern, you know, modern day right now. We've gotten some pretty decent comic book movies. Like, but for there's a long time when we didn't. We really didn't get good good translations. It's it's difficult. And I think video games, it seems like video games would be almost easier. And I think it well, but it's not. Uh, but also, translating a fucking fighting game into a movie—that's. And trying to make it and trying to make it sort of deep and meaningful, I don't think is the thing you need to do. It's like it could be blood. That, it could be fucking blood sport. Well, I think you don't need to do that. But I also think like we've now had what three Mortal Kombat movies with story modes that are a billion times better than, than they have any right to be, kind of thing. Like it's the. If you had just given me essentially the Mortal Kombat one movie again, but better, I'd have been happy. I like it's little stuff. Like I went to this. Are they gonna play the song? And yeah, they technically play the song, but they play like a shitty modernized version of it. It's just like no, just play the fucking song in this thing that we want you to do. Like I, I don't care where it is, but give me the din 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 song at some point in this movie. And they do. But that's the worst possible version. You're like, oh, I didn't want this actually. I've heard no songs. Now I know this version out there exists. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's someone went into this with the best of intention, and you can see it because the again, the Scorpion and Sub Zero parts of this movie are everything you want from this movie. It is Scorpion and Sub Zero fighting in like a frozen MMA ring, and Scorpion is getting thrown through walls of ice and, like, whipping that chain around and shooting fire blasts, and someone finally figured out that, you know, Sub-Zero's whole fighting style is he makes himself cold, and getting touched by someone with fucking freezing hands would hurt like a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Those two characters, they nail. Kano, they weirdly nail. Like, there's some... There's some issues I have with that character kind of thing. Like, they don't go far enough with Kano. It's the, it's still a kind of, like, grounded Kano. Like, no, I, I want the Kano that, like, travels back in time to fuck himself, potentially. Like, that's that's Kano in my mind. That's the Kano from the new Mortal Kombat game that's like, hey, you're old Kano. 
yeah, you're young, Kano. Looking good. And you're like, did, did they canonically? Ugh. Like, that's the Kano you want at this point in time. You want that, like, over the top. Again, like, the Cabal character, again, he's a ninja in weird cyborg gas mask stuff being like, bro, I know a dude. And you're like, this is totally wrong for this character, but it's Cabal, so it's accurate. Yeah, again, Kung Lao, again, the only good guy character in the entire fucking movie, and he dies like a bitch. Did Kung Lao dirty? Did Kung Lao so dirty? And even then, they're like, oh, he has this metal hat, and I'm like, but why isn't a razor blade on the edge? <sighs> right? like, the hat's not dangerous enough. That's Mortal Kombat, though. Uh, go watch it if you want. Do, don't. Your choice. It's a thing. If you have access to it via streaming, it's probably the better way of watching it. I'm not sure I'd be happy having paid money to see this. Mm. The same way that having not paid money to see Suicide Squad and getting like, free tickets for it made that thing <laughs> a little bit more palpable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, on the flip side of that, uh, Guardian Games is upon us in the Destiny, and, well, it's Guardian Games, not much more to say, except for the fact that, uh, I don't know who let this one slip past the dumb idea wall they put up in that game, but the Hunter cloak ornament for that thing transforms the cloak into, like, this digitized, like, laser billboard thing that on default, looks amazing, like looks fine, but then you can slap shaders onto it to make it a glowing flashbang on your back. That's <laughs> physically hard to look at in game, <laughs> and it's amazing. And my clan is split on that one, where half of us are like, "Oh, it's terrible," and the other half of us are like, "It is terrible," and I'm never unequipping it now. <laughs> Wait until I have access to all my shaders again, so I can color this whatever the fucking color I want. Every room will glow with my horrible cloak. I, it's it's terrible, like in the best way possible. I, it, like in third person, it hurts to look at your character if you have the right shader on this thing. It's amazing. It is so goddamn bright. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's that's more or less it on my end. I spent some time staring at some stuff, but nothing worth noting. The kind of thing. Outriders is still Russian roulette enough. I have not tried logging back into that thing, so I don't want to lose all my progress. Or it's all your inventory. They're still having just crazy problems with it. And the community for that game is hilariously on fire. What have you been up to, Henry? Yeah, well, uh, well, yesterday I got the first of two Pfizer shots, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess similar to a lot of people, it didn't really affect me at all. It's like, I've, you know, I feel a Pain in my arm, just like a small bruise, essentially feels like. But that's literally it. Like I'm not like my arm itself isn't like aching or really sore or anything. It's just like yeah, I got hit. Somebody punched me in the arm and gave me a small bruise. That's pretty much it. And yeah, I'm not sure if I feel especially tired or not. I mean, but yeah, I'm pretty happy about that because yeah, basically things finally fully opened up here, so that I could actually make an appointment. But three weeks, I'll be getting my next one because the cool thing about the way the system works is it schedules both of them at the same time. It says, okay, here's the first one. Also, will you can schedule your second one right now. And I did so. So that's uh, outside of that. I've had a really crazy busy week of just uh, just a lot going on. I've just, yeah, just tons and tons of stuff going on that I'm juggling all at the same time. But 
Yeah, but yeah, not necessarily a bad way. It's been a very busy week. I just haven't, yeah, I haven't really gotten up to a lot of things. Didn't really play much in the way of video games at all. I, it's like I'm still playing like the My Little Pony mobile game on occasion because it's casual and I can play it for a couple of minutes and then put it down. I, I did like at least log on to like the Unreal Unreal Store. Or the Epic Store, so that I could get the free games, which includes uh, Alien Isolation right now. Hmm. Uh, so now I have it on my Epic account, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That you know, it, uh, apparently I did read another article. Uh, this was an older one, so we aren't going to really cover it. But apparently, like Epic is definitely dumping a lot of money into giving out these free games just yeah. so that, that they can do it. But in any case, yeah, I'm still taking advantage of that. I have been, uh, I'm still watching the Kabaddi anime and it is just as sort of gonzo sports anime as I want, especially out of a pretty cool sport like Kabaddi. Like I kind of wish I had known about Kabaddi much earlier in my life. Uh, but even now, I'd probably still be interested in playing it. It's just wild. But yeah, it's, uh, the anime is, yeah, it's with, you know, where there's, you know, crazy detail into the techniques and what people are doing, as well as like people with crazy abilities and just, and it goes into detail. And yeah, it's, it's as sort of bombastic as, you know, I'd expect a, a lot of the kind of, real big sports action animes you know it's not the one where it's like there are some of them that are more about sort of the storyline and they're a little more tame when it comes to the action no this one goes crazy with the action so i'm I'm enjoying that is something crazier special move wise than wolfgang fist yet uh i it's not quite there yet it's only like three episodes it's only three episodes in it's it's a simulcast, so I mean we're getting them pretty quickly, like almost as soon as they're released. So on Crunchyroll, it's, like, it's not like reverse tyrant uh, raging drill technique for counters yet, or something. Not quite yet. I mean, it's 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 definitely showing signs that it's going to get there. Just oh, like awesome. Just like I mean, the Hino Maru Sumo uh, anime that I watched that was all about sumo, and that one, the the. the crazy moves crazy awesome moves in that one with great like background art happening during the during the move and descriptions yeah i i suspect the kabaddi is gonna get uh, maybe not quite as crazy as hinomaru sumo but it 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 could it's 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 like i said it's it's only a couple of episodes in so i mean it's really just establishing still yeah the but uh yeah so that's been cool i've been that's mainly what i've been watching this yeah even though i I like the fact that i'm watching this one as it comes out so i kind of it makes me have to wait so i don't just uh is i i will definitely watch an entire series in a sitting occasionally if it's a short series or just you know marathon a bunch in a row but i also enjoy watching it one at a time so that's been cool I outside of that also recently the Sega crew which I've been kind of taking part in or joined they had a, a master a Sega Master System race called the uh, Master 8 
which was eight games and I got a system one. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, um, most of the games were like kind of good games or at least kind of famous games. And one of them is infamous. There, there is a game for the Sega Master System for ALF. That game's real bad. It's really terrible. I've got a lot of games in that time period were actually real bad. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, but honestly, there's actually quite a few good games too. Yeah, I mean, so like, especially the licensed ones had a tendency to be. Oh yeah, those those were a toss up. I mean, Disney's licensed games that they did through Capcom were absolutely incredible, and Disney's licensed games they did through Sega. Also, are really good. Like they included the Sega Master System uh, Mickey Mouse game. Uh, I think it's just Castle of Illusion, but they also made several Genesis games too. Yeah, Sega's collaboration with Disney is really good, as well as the Sega uh, Disney's collaboration with Capcom back in back in the nineties, eighties and nineties was really good. But yeah, it's definitely a toss up. And but it included uh, the Batman game for Sega Master S- System is also pretty good actually and but included Alf which that's that's a bad game it's just bad in so many different ways it is it it feels like a terrible prototype but uh, but the but it also included Outrun and Outrun is one of is the Outrun port for the Sega Master System is probably the most unforgiving because it's, I mean, you're. I think racing games suffer if you're if it's all digital controls and like yeah. turning is turning is a digital control, so that that can make things very tricky. But yeah, the there are some people yeah who definitely practiced and made their way through it in like an hour and twenty minutes. So, but that was fun to watch in a in about uh, four weeks or so. I guess. In roughly a month, they're going to actually have a the uh, annual Sega-thon, which I'll be playing several games in that. Uh, a lot of people, it's going to be a mixture of some people doing some speed runs and some people just doing some kind of show-off playthroughs. And I'll definitely be showing off a couple of games on there. So that, and that, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. And but yeah, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, it's just insanely busy i just had a lot of work to do and it's and yeah i teach as well and it's getting close to the end of the semester so it's just that's wrapping up too but yeah that's that's pretty much what i've been doing the past couple of weeks is just busy 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 lots of things less games that i'd like like Mm -hmm. to have played but yeah that's the way it goes sometimes miss news time yeah news where to start this week? Uh, start with the Dice Awards, actually, because we'll start off something kind of nice and when setting the tone for this week, if you will. Uh, run down, I guess, the winners of this because it's a long list. Uh, yeah, the Dice Awards Game of the Year is Hades, unsurprisingly. You're going to see Hades a lot on this list, FYI. Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Hades. Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Hades. Action Game of the Year, Hades. Adventure Game of the Year, Ghost of Tsushima. Family Game of the Year, Animal Crossing New Horizon. Fighting Game of the Year, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Racing Game of the Year, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Which That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Kind of a surprise there, but maybe there were no other racing games this year. Or defendably okay ones. 
Role-playing game of the year, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Sports game of the year, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. So, No real surprises on this list beyond the Mario Kart thing so far. Strategy slash simulation game of the year, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Immersive reality game, Half-Life Alexa. Alex, sorry, not Alexa. Mobile game of the year, Legends of Runeterra. Online game of the year, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Outstanding achievement in animation, The Last of Us Part 2. Outstanding Achievement Art Direction goes to Tsushima. Outstanding Achievement in Characters, Miles Morales, or Miles from Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Outstanding Achievement in Original um, Music Composition goes to Tsushima. Outstanding Achievement in Audio Design goes to Tsushima. Outstanding Achievement in Story, Last of Us Part 2, Outstanding Technical Achievement, Dreams. I always Hmm. forget that game technically came out this year. Yeah. Immersive Reality Technical Achievement, Half-Life Alex. And last but not least, outstanding achievement for independent game Hades. Not a lot of variety this year in the Dice Awards, but there's not typically not like one game kind of one or two games typically run away with it every year because it's the Dice Awards. Yeah, and Hades really just is that good of a game. Yeah, and and for me, it's surprising that sort of a roguelite type game, you know, uh, would end up being so popular and so well received by the large you know larger audience but i think it it makes the it makes the idea and the experience of it a bit more sort of i guess open to you know maybe video gamers who don't typically wouldn't care for roguelite type games or you know games i know my issue with hades is still i don't like roguelites but i still respect the hell out of that game yeah now that you've gotten that out of the way, let's move on to some other quick stuff. Uh, the PS3 and Vita stores aren't going anywhere anymore, it turns out. They were at one point listed to kind of shuffle off into the ether, but Sony has reversed that decision. Yay. You can still buy Persona Golden, that means, for the Vita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm assuming something exists still for the PS3, but who knows? I think the bigger implication of this, though, is that if you already own something, you didn't have to hoard it on a hard drive, which I think was at least my big concern, where I definitely made the transition over to digital games at one point, and the idea of having to go through and find or a way to store all of my PS3 games, that did not seem like a good idea on my end. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Keeping with Sony news, the PS5, unsurprisingly in many cases, has now become the fastest-selling console in the U.S., Following kind of the trend of the PS4 at this point. Uh, what's the exact numbers for this? Uh, let's look for numbers. Basically, this thing sells through the moment it's available, kind of thing. So it's, I think it's up to 100, uh, sorry, 14.9. That's not right. Sorry. It's it, a it, lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's outsold every console in its first five months than anything else out there right now, unsurprising to anyone. Yeah. Yep. Attachment right for games is kind of iffy. The number of people I know that just bought that thing to kind of future-proof and now are playing just like fucking Destiny on it, it's like, okay, I get it, but also, this is ridiculous. You did not need this, but also, I get it. Yeah, congrats on PS5, congrats to Sony, you've made a hell of a console again, apparently. Uh, There's some good buzz about that new game coming up. I guess the people are kind of viewing that as the first, like, real PS5 game in some ways. Hmm. Beyond, like, it actually being the first real PS5 game. I probably use a bunch of other kind of crazy features that console has in a cool way. We got some good news since our last episode as well. Uh, Microsoft is no longer in talks with Discord to purchase Discord. 
So Discord isn't going to be ruined. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> we can all breathe a collective sigh of relief on that one. This story is a little bit confusing because the concept of it's a little bit strange. So Epic Store has added itch.io to the Epic Store. Meaning the itch.io app is now something you can download through the Epic Store, but then you have to use the itch.io app to access and buy itch.io games. Itch.io games are not on the Epic Store, just the app to purchase them is. Which is strange and confusing for no need re- for needed reason. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool because yeah. uh, itch.io doesn't have its own sort of well, I, it, well, I, it's this will just get it to more eyes, get yeah. those games on itch.io into uh, on, you know more eyes on the products. So I think that's really cool that you know Epic Store is basically doing a thing. Well, it, it reminds me of the ongoing case where Apple was angry about Epic using its own app to, you know, take money in. Well, itch.io, they're, but they are now allowing itch.io to do exactly that, like to come on their app and you pay through itch.io. As far as I can tell, it's just, it's a launcher for the itch.io app where, yeah, you pay itch.io and not Epic, as far as I can tell. No, yeah, no, it's purely you've downloaded an app to the Epic store. Like it is. I don't quite get why you would do this, but at the same time, power to you for doing this, I guess. I wish they were also in parody to this, just adding the HIO games to, you know, the Epic Store in some way, but this is a close second, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that would be very difficult. There is, uh, because a lot of the, HIO isn't necessarily hosting all the yeah, games on no. there either. So, no, that's, I don't think that's really feasible. Yeah, it's but. a true storefront in a way the other two kind of aren't at this point in time. So yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of, yeah, and a lot of time, yeah, you download an installer. That's it's not like an installer through the itch.io app where you have to launch it. It's just a standalone installer. But yeah, but I think that's really cool. Yeah, there again, like it's it, now Epic is doing something that you know, basically doing the thing that Apple accused them. You know, that Apple's accusing, yeah. that Apple's angry at them about. And Epic Store is like, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, itch.io can make money through our through our, us that's fine we don't care and apple really shouldn't care either it's not like apple doesn't make money hand over fist that's a giant company but anyways but <laughs> moving on that to our xbox corner of the week it seems We've got the xbox news uh so uh, for a long time it's been kind of this contentious issue where if you own or you're trying to play a free-to-play game on xbox you still had to pay for xbox live they have now made it so that free-to-play games are completely free-to-play. You can now play them as intended. Yeah, so I guess like to use reference, Fortnite on Xbox still required up until now a gold subscription to play the online parts of it, which meant it was not really free-to-play. It was free-to-play-ish. Like The game was free, but you still had a subscription going on in the background. But yeah, no, that's no longer the case, so enjoy. I'm not sure how many games this actually impacts all that much, but cool. Yeah. Paying for online access is stupid, FYI. <laughs> That's the only of the PC Master Race bullshit arguments I believe is actually a valid one. Like, I missed yeah. one back when PS3 was like, hey, you've internet access? Fuck it, yeah, play online. Who the hell cares? Yeah. Wasn't great internet. I, the fact that you're still paying for Nintendo just pisses me off constantly. 
not constantly, but every time I remember it, I'm like, God damn it, that's stupid. Keeping with Microsoft, though, they've added 13 more games to their FPS support. Again, we talked about this in the past. So we're not going to go into full details here. But there are some good games in this list. Oh, yeah. One that I care quite a bit about, hypothetically. The list is Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, Battlefield V, or 5. Not how you pronounce it. Microsoft's um, Edge Catalyst. Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for the Neighborhood, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, Sea of Solitude, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Unravel 2. I'm not nice. quite sure why Unravel 2 needs the FPS boost, but apparently it did. But yeah, that's your new list of things. Um, I can only think of one game on this list that maybe all that matters for, but Maybe the Battlefield games need it too, but I could imagine it making a huge difference for Titanfall 2 on consoles. That game needs to be smooth. Also, as part of this week, Microsoft kind of put into beta the whole um, cloud gaming thing they've got been cooking in the background, so if you're lucky enough to be part of that, uh, enjoy. It's coming to more people soon in the future, so uh, yeah, probably more on that in the future as well. I found myself talking about Stadia a weird amount this week with people, and huh. Yeah, it's it's strange because I think a lot of people like thought that thing was a lot more of a success than it was, or like they never touched it. But from the outside, they're like, "Oh yeah, no, cloud gaming's coming. Yeah, eventually, but not anytime soon." Well, Stadia happened. Yeah, Stadia happened. It's bad, but it happened. But it happened. <laughs> yeah, explaining what happened with Stadia to people. It's like, oh yeah, no, this and this and that and this and that and like. Data caps. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, no, Stadia, bad. Turned out to be kind of a terrible idea in the grand scheme of things. Moving on from that, that other terrible ideas. So we've spent a lot of time in the past talking about Amazon's MMO, the New World. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out Amazon was cooking up two MMOs at the same time. One of them was a Lord of the Rings one, which is now canceled. This makes a certain amount of sense because they have. The larger Amazon company, not just the games division, has I think it's rights to make like the prequel TV show they've been talking about for a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. Apparently, Amazon had a Lord of the Rings MMO in process, and now it's been canceled. So, yeah, sorry if and, you were excited about that. Yeah, and the story with that one is a is a bit odd. Uh, essentially, what happened was they were they were creating it with another company called uh, Leo Technologies. Uh, but Leo Technologies was purchased by Tencent. So this is kind of Tencent news as well. And essentially, that caused some contract disputes between Amazon and Tencent. So the, you know, that's basically you know, two very large companies now quite angry at each other. <laughs> or yeah. at least uh, having a big dispute. So yeah, that's, I'm not too surprised. Probably one or the other wanted more power, you know, wanted the majority of the power. And so, but yeah, I don't know who knows what happened there, but in any case, that's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. The the original company they're working with got bought out by a larger company. And then now, yeah, that I can, I can definitely see why that, you know, could cause some problems there. So this kind of veers a little bit into our, we don't talk about, streamer bullshit news we're gonna leave it simply at if you've been having a hard time getting to that game for whatever reason 
It may be because the Path of Exiles devs were letting streamers bypass the login queue for that, so take under consideration. That was some real fucking drama right there. Yeah, and that's and the thing is, uh, the the problem is like their login queues had been having problems in the first place. Like there is already like issues going on there, but now when it came out that uh. Yeah, that they kind of let in you know, streamers, and I think that's you know part of a you know larger conversation about the changing nature of sort of marketing for video games, where you know Twitch exists, YouTube gaming exists, Facebook gaming exists. So yeah, there's going to be some yeah, there's going to be some Does YouTube yeah, issues still exist. I guess maybe not. No, maybe it doesn't. We talked about but, shutting down a couple years but, back. But you can still just stream on YouTube. You can still stream games on YouTube, of course. Yeah. Well, um, YouTube gaming got re. I mean, YouTube gaming is still a thing. It's just not like a URL specific. You can do it because I stream to it. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's and so yeah, I think it's become the thing of you know like where they would let you know sort of celebrities you know in the past or you know other people in on a game early or, you know, to promote some product or movie or whatever. And yeah, that's, this is a way that they're thinking about giving streamers special access to their game where everybody else had to sit in line. And yeah, I I don't fault them for thinking that, but that does kind of basically make the rest of your customers feel mistreated. And so that's the thing. It's like, what are you? What are you going to sacrifice here? You know your, you know, uh, you know, an ability to sort of attract major streamers in to play your game, or the larger goodwill of the community. So, yeah, but yeah, this is a, a weird case where yeah, you know, there is a login queue and where it is been taking people hours to get on, like two hours or so. But yeah, but yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, I think it's just something we're going to hear more and more about. That is, companies trying to figure out how they can market their game to through streamers and through, you know, influencers, as it were. Yeah. So, yeah, I expect to keep hearing more news about, you know, some company trying to, you know, do some marketing thing with streamers, you know, trying to experiment and see what they can do. So. I mean, yeah. E3 in a nutshell, isn't it? That's what they're yeah. kind of pimp right now anyway. So we want yeah. to talk about E3 now that we have a weird transition period, because we do have our schedule for E3 yeah. as it currently stands. Yeah, what do yeah. we got? So we got our um, not E3, E3 2021 press conference schedule for now. And we'll see what that means. So kind of in we have an indie showcase called The Wholesome Direct happening in May. No exact dates for it just yet, but keep an eye out that, for that. That one sounds really cool. Yeah. So it's uh, it's supposed to be sort of uh, more relaxed games or you know more sort of you know casual, I suppose, games. Wholesome. That, you know, and yeah, wholesome. As the name implies, I, I like I like the idea of that. You know, that there is an entire showcase of just you know kind of. You know, games that are more relaxing and less sort of, you know, crazy and action and explosive. But yeah. Yeah. 
So we have in June, we have a Summer Game Fest brought to you by one Jeff Keighley, our, who kind of actually did E3, by e, but not E3 last year. So see how that one goes. I, it was okay last year. I remember kind of being a, hey, that's a thing. Most of you guys yeah. shit on a demo set of it when that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But then our actual E3 event is from June 12th, June 15th, and June 12th, 3 p.m. Eastern, we will have Ubisoft Forward, you know, our normal Ubisoft thing. Hopefully, we'll bring back the whole Ubisoft is fucking weird in press conferences vibe. Yeah. <laughs> On June 13th, we'll have the PC gaming and futures game show part of that thing, which I think is never technically officially part of E3, but always happens around the same time because it makes sense to do so. Yeah. Uh, no doubt there'll be another nice trailer for probably fucking Star Citizen in there. I really hope Elite Dangerous's new stuff is out of Alpha by then, just to be like, yo, you can play this as full release right now, bitches. Yeah. I am super excited for that, and we'll, we'll talk about that later in the podcast, probably. Are we gonna do uh, any kind of live stream reaction thing I this? don't know yet. We have not done that in a couple years, but we might do that for this year. That would be PC fun. show is worth doing. Plus, yeah. it's all online, so that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, we can just like do it on Zoom or something. But yeah. and that's assuming it's not like on a work day. Yeah, it's always on a work day. Is uh, I might take the day off. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, maybe me too. If Let's we see. do do something, uh, if we do end up doing something, then yes, I would be, I would be down to do like we a live will react. Figure this out. And not talk about this mid podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, July 15th through July 18th is PAX Online. That's replacing PAX East, which was canceled because, you know, that whole virus thing happened. The Rona? The Rona, if you will, yeah. And then you have Games uh, Game Developers Conference July 19th through July 23rd, which, yeah, it's GDC. I have no yeah, idea. GDC, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that one's not free. It's It can be pretty expensive, but... They probably will still have the student passes, which are actually really cheap. I think those are like twenty or thirty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like like the and you get access to a lot of stuff actually through the just the student pass. So if you're a student right now, that's a that's actually a really good option if you want to like see stuff for the, from the GDC. Because you know, outside of that, passes in the past, I'm guessing it'll be a little bit cheaper because it's all online. But passes in the past have been, you know, range anywhere from like three hundred to thousands of dollars. Uh, well, it looks like this passes started at yeah, pass started hundreds of dollars. They say, so. yeah, and I mean, can cost thousands <laughs> depending on what level you get. But yeah, yeah, this uh, the student the student pass is still a thing. So. Holy shit! I just pulled up the pricing list right now. Just the expo is two hundred bucks. Summits industry event. Yeah, it's yeah, Ooh. it's yeah. This is the thing where you get your company to pay for it. Generally speaking, yeah, like E three, or you're invited there by a company or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I guess, or I guess they aren't maybe having a student pass. I don't see that one, but they have something similar. The career development pass sounds like what they're doing with that one. Yeah, that one's only $50. And then the uh, Independent Games Summit is also going to be cheaper. Uh, somewhat cheaper there again. But yeah, the, it seems like the Career Development Pass is replacing the Student Pass that they've had in the past. That makes more sense. Yeah, it opens up more people, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's affordable. 
Like that was not, you know, killer, but there again, it's, it's limited to only certain things, but the, the cool thing is you can always go into the GDC vault afterwards and go into the free sections of the vault. And there's quite a bit that's free. So you can watch some videos of stuff as well as uh, the slideshow slideshows are there as well, or for some of them kind of game show roundup we have gamescom opening night live august 24th uh, i feel like gamescom out there announced they're actually gonna do a physical gamescom this year but i'm not sure if yep. that's totally true anymore yeah it's as far as they're still planning it they're planning it for it to be a physical event this year we'll see i mean that's things like when it gets closer to time they'll have to monitor things and see and make the decision yeah. I, but yeah and if you were hoping for more details on what E3 is, we'd like to give them to you, but we do not have them yet because we just know when it's happening. But not much beyond that. Yep. But yeah, that's your uh, Summer of Games Conferences 2021 edition. Uh, as of right now, at least we actually get to have a, a couple games conventions to actually analyze, which will be fun. It's always fun for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect our E3 coverage to return as it always does. We actually have an E3 to cover. We will pick you the winner of E3 as we do foolishly every time we go through that whole process. <laughs> Probably Devolver Digital, just throwing that one out there. Oh, yeah. Typically, it's Devolver Digital. Yeah, there, there is, is always the best. Yeah. Where to go from here? Um, Civ 6 enters the uh, You Can Pet Your Dogs Club of exclusive games out there. Uh, Still not an official member of the Pet and Cats Club, but who wants to be a part of that club, really? <laughs> if those are uh, who I'm talking about, uh, they added a patch with two pet dogs. So That's good. Yeah. That's always nice. Not cats, though, so they're obviously people of taste. <laughs> or like having fingers. I'm not quite sure which way this one works. I'm keeping in the fun vein for a little bit longer. Square Enix has launched a photo book service for Final Fantasy XIV in Japan, meaning you can have them kind of put together a nice scrapbook, the right word for this? Is there yeah, a I think scrapbook, really. And centric yeah. phrase I could use that's more correct? No, I, well, I mean, I yeah. think scrapbook is, is, is a good way of describing it. But yeah, it's yeah. a physical, actual book that you can get printed. like heirloom, if you will. Yeah, so you can... Uh, you submit your screenshots and they lay it out in book form. You can even have a custom, like a uh, custom cover made for an additional charge, but the cover it comes with actually looks really cool, yeah. really neat. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you've spent a lot of time in this game, especially if you've spent it with other people doing raids and stuff, then you know what? It's kind of cool to have a scrapbook of your video game exploits because MMOs, yeah, they're again take a lot of time generally. If you that is if you bother to put time into them, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's a really neat idea. And we were talking about this. I'm not sure we could quite figure it out. I'm not sure if these are pictures that you have taken yourself, or if the game is smart enough to kind of somehow capture for you. But I think it's uh, I think you lay it out. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. As far as I can tell from what it, the way it reads, it's like you lay it out and then, yeah, we'll see more about, you know, how that actually works when it's, uh, once we're waist deep in our Final Fantasy 14 adventure, guys, we'll, we'll obviously be buying one of these. For the yeah. Podcast. Unfortunately, I think it's only for Japan, but, uh, life uh, finds a way. 
or yeah. lack of one. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just looking at the website for it. It's yeah, you lay it out. Like you actually choose the screenshot you want to use and you can also do, you know, put text on top of that and other effects and whatever. It's actually pretty neat. It is scrapbooking though. It is definitely digital scrapbooking. Well, digital turn physical, scrap- yeah. Turn physical, that is. Yeah. So you lay it out on their website and then so yeah, it looks like it's about 3960 yen uh for the basic one. One with the uh, cover, uh, yeah, the with the custom cover. That one is a little bit more. That one's about five hundred yen more at four thousand five hundred ten yen, which uh, that makes them around, you know, around forty and forty five dollars, yeah. you know, somewhere around that, you know, maybe. But yeah, that's actually not a bad price for a physical book of custom printed stuff yeah, so. especially if you're like alex and you play a lot of that mmo hypothetically and it's kind of yeah. a part of your life where you hang out with friends it's probably a nice thing yeah, yeah. i think it's i think it's super cool I'm it's just, it just of wow do you have kind of of like guild shit on your computer at this point alex um god i mean current guild not so much but like my old guild from back in the day i have a bunch of dumb screenshots that I even did some like, uh, what do you call it? I even did some, um, what do you call it? Some kill screenshots and all that sure. stuff back in the day. Cool. Like, like you did, yeah. Now that's not me knocking it. This is more about kind of curiosity of how sentimental you were on this topic. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a good idea. This I is think- not meant to be a trick question, my dude. I don't know. No, I, I I think it's actually really cool. It's actually I will say this: I have a lot of old school screenshots actually from Matrix Online more than anything mm. else because mm. there's a lot of sentimental value in that. And obviously, of yes, of do. course. But yes, no, there are a lot of screenshots and like other video clips and stuff like that and and things like that. Um, so I think it's really cool that they have this as an option. Like being able to do that is kind of neat, um, especially because like. Especially offering it now in your game is pretty cool because it, it's a good way, it's a sneaky way to retain people in your game. A, uh, but B, like, because back in the day we had to use stuff like Photo Bucket for everything, and I actually yeah. I logged into my Photo Bucket uh, <laughs> a couple months ago, and all my old like signatures for the Matrix forums were on there, Jesus. and a bunch of screenshots. Because yes, we had forums, and like. Yeah, man. Oh. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, I know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, I found tons of screenshots and, like, conversations and drama. Like, not just, like, in-game drama, but forum drama and everything. Like, yeah, I have way more sentimental stuff for The Matrix Online than anything else. I think this is really cool, honestly, though. Yeah, no, like, it's neat. The only thing that worries me is, like, obviously... Like, let's say the game one day closes. What happens to your content in there? Like, do you do you yeah. get to extract it out as like some means? Like, what what's the? I guess I'm just thinking in terms of that because you know I've had games that have shut down. Like, what yeah. what happens to all that? Like, do you actually own that in the end? You buy this book and now you have the pictures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and I think now I think this is a it's a good realization of just how the world is changing and that the digital world is the world as well. And it, and it matters and you can have memories there and you can have, you know, 
good memories there and friends and community and all that that exists online and things that we do, you know, outside the digital realm to, mem- you know, to remember these things or to keep mementos. I think it's a great idea to be able to do it for, you know, digital communities as well. And because there again, yeah, when they go away, it's like, what happens? Well, now you don't have your stuff. You don't have your account that you can look back on. You know, you don't have the character around that you can look back on. So, yeah, I mean, and I think it goes along with the larger theme of, you know, how do we keep track of these digital artifacts? Like, I'm glad that there is like museums and that are, that are trying to keep track of all the digital things that are going on. I mean, even the library of Congress here in the U S is in on that, on keeping records of important video games. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a, an increasingly interesting question because how do you keep track of those things? Like in some cases, it's like they have a computer with a lot of stuff loaded on a hard drive, but hard drives aren't forever. I yeah. mean, it dis- I, 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 the, the thing is, is like physical discs are kind of fragile, but they're still probably the best semi-permanent way to keep track of some of this digital stuff. You know, as far as when when I'm talking about video games, that is. But yeah, I, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I feel like that's already been sort of lost to the ether, but you still have a lot of you know people trying to scramble to keep track of it, like you know with all the flash stuff, which we've talked about multiple times now, where there's multiple now several websites trying to keep an archive of all those old flash games. So, yeah. Yeah, I I actually so it just hit me that this is a physical book. I thought it was a digital book. Oh yeah, it's a physical reason. book. Yeah, it's a physical book. Holy shit. I god, that I this would make me fucking cry. Like I just okay, now that I know like now that it's really hit me that it's a physical book, like the idea that I would have like a yearbook essentially of like memories I had in the matrix online with screenshots and stuff like that would make me fucking cry. If I cracked it open one day, like, yeah, the game sucked like in a lot of ways, but like being able to go through and look at some screenshots and stuff. From yeah. It's really like it's your memories it, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That would make me fucking cry. Or even like early. Wow. Like when I was playing burning crusade and wrath, Oh my God, I wasted my life. On wrath. <laughs> Like, I think back now, like, I rated so much, I don't know why, but, God, like, that was, I think this is really cool. I really hope they do expand this. Um, Honestly, I would be surprised if Blizzard, in their money-grubbing ways, tries to cash in on this somehow. Oh, it's such an obvious decision, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's fucking smart, man. Like, you could easily do a yearbook for each expansion. Like it would be so genius, like God, that's so smart. Like I'll tell you right now, like if I was hardcore into Final Fantasy fourteen and like in a rating guild or rating group or whatever, I would have a like Final Fantasy fourteen yearbook every expansion, like because yeah, that would be great. Ugh. especially because yeah, when each expansion hits, there's a flurry of activity of everybody, you know taking part in the new expansion, you know, especially because, you know, sometimes, you know, after there's a lull and updates, it's like, you don't maybe play quite as much, but when an expansion hits, there's just tons of activity of lots of people getting back on that hadn't played. And 
Yeah, and for guilds, you're trying to figure out and test out and take it, you know, take advantage of everything that's been produced. So, yeah, I think that would, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if WoW didn't try something similar. They're probably going to look at look to see how successful it is in in Japan, how successful the program is in Japan. I mean, I think the fortunate thing is they don't need like a they don't need to stock a bunch of stuff other than the I guess the materials to make the books. They they're made on demand. Yeah. So but well, I guess we'll see. I mean, I I could see it being very successful in Japan, but we'll we'll see if uh, if anybody else follows suit. Yeah, <sighs> it's God thinking about it even more and more makes me real emotional to think about like if this was a thing back then. Like, oh man, yeah, I yeah I, mean, I see. You. A, yeah, this is such a good idea. Like. And like for the price of it, like that's actually like for the price they're asking for it, that is not bad. Forty two no. bucks for a matte and gloss finish like photo book that's like looks like a yearbook, yeah, and it looks no, like I, it's I, a bunch of pages. Like it's I, again, as someone who pays yearly for the Destiny Collector's Edition, so I kind of have the physical thing to hang out with. Yeah, no, if, if they did this for Destiny, I would totally buy one. Yeah, forty two bucks for what is this? It looks like it's a uh, forty eight full color pages. That's a good fucking deal. Like. Not trying to. Yeah. I I I know I'm in love with the idea, and I sound like I'm trying to hype it up. But like realistically, like yearbooks in the United States are usually around the hundred bucks, if not more, yeah. depending yeah. on what you get. Like good yearbooks, not shitty yearbooks, but like the really nice ones. Like I didn't buy my high school yearbooks because they were always a hundred bucks over, and I was like, fuck that noise. But yeah. like, yeah, forty eight pages, full color. Like yeah, that's forty two bucks. That's a good deal. God. It yeah. looks like it could even be a hardback, but I'm not sure. I think it's it, got to be. A, it looks like it's a hardback. I mean, may, maybe I can't. It's hard to tell from the pictures. It it is kind of hard to tell if there's any bendiness to that, but it yeah. looks really nice. I mean, at least like the way they have it, and yeah, it is full full color glossy pages. Yeah, this is a great great artifact. Like if I if I put in a lot of time to an MMO. Like this, I would abs- I would buy this in a second because yeah, there again, the price of it that's that's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, and actually, let let me emphasize that the forty two dollar price is if you do a custom cover for yeah. it. The standard it's- covered is thirty seven bucks. So for a few bucks more, like what five bucks, you get a custom cover you can design. Like, yeah, and it does. And I'm looking at it; it does look like it's a hard, hard, hardback bound. So yeah. So it's it's a rug it's going to be a proper rugged book that you can put on your bookshelf. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I I think that would be really cool. Like I I it would be really like God. I can totally imagine myself years from now, like if I had got this, like going through my old like bookshelf and pulling out, you know, two twenty twenty one Final Fantasy fourteen, like screenshots of me rating and stuff like that. God, that would be so cool and. Final Fantasy fourteen is already a gorgeous looking game, so like, yeah. Everyone's like, I know we talk a lot about like some of the shitty practices a lot of these game companies do. This is actually a, a really good idea that just do- it doesn't feel scummy. I don't at all. see how they can afford to do it for this cheap. I mean, forty eight pages. 
like one fully, you know, gloss printed full color page of anything, that's not cheap. Like I'm really kind of blown away at how cheap these are. Like for a 48 page hardbound book, you know, 40 bucks, that's nothing. They're, they have to be losing money on this. Yeah, they have to. Because it's, that's, it costs more than that. I mean, even if you're, you know, doing stuff kind of as manufacture wise as cheaply as possible, you know, I mean, that's, that's still kind of, that's expensive thing to do to print out a full color book and then bind it in a hard bound cover. I'm guessing, I'm guessing is because technically in order to fill the content in that book, you have to be actively subscribed to their game. True. Which does, I mean, that is a good chunk of, Yeah, that's a cost. That's a cost right there, but still like, it's a cool surface, it's and a, it's, it's at a nice a, an amazing price for what it is. Yeah, like I think this may sell like crazy. I, I'd like to keep you know. Hopefully, we'll see more news about it. But I, for the price of it, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people ordering these. Like I, I and I hope there is. I, I just think it's a really cool idea. But yeah, super cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. Honestly, I think this is def- the the best news of the week. That's just it's just I love the idea of it. I absolutely It's a cool love idea. idea. I did not expect it. to get this type of legs when we put it on here. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. I was not expecting a genuine emotional reaction out of Alex. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sure that came off me than I intended it to. I apologize for that. But we do have to move on to other stuff. We have a couple of other new stuff we need to get through. Yep. Yeah. Endeavor RX. Um, you may remember them from uh, back when we were talking about they're, that. They're the ADHD game we were talking about a while back. Uh, that requ- yeah, part of prescription to play. Mm-hmm. Well, they're now being t- they're now going through some testing to see if they could be useful for some kind of COVID nineteen cognitive recovery. Uh, well, most people that experience COVID symptoms don't would near wouldn't in theory need this. Uh, some people get hit with that thing real goddamn hard and. Yeah, no, in theory, it could be repurposed to do similar things for similar people, the way it kind of helps out the ADHD community. So, yeah, video games are the cure. Badass. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a cool idea because video games is a medium, the interactivity, and they even mentioned this, like, the fact that you can, you can tweak the difficulty of a video game. Just like you might, you know, change the, you know, the amount of a prescription. You know, the amount, you know, how many milligrams or whatever are in your prescription. You can kind of do the same thing with a video game by tweaking the difficulty. So, and tweaking some of the settings like that. So, yeah. Sorry, my, my mind went to the horrible thing where someone's in a doctor's office. Um, I, I feel like I need to be prescribed, like, normal mode Halo, Doc. No, no, <laughs> you, you need hardcore Halo. But, Doc, I, 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 need to, I need to kind of chill out more. No, you need hardcore I'm prescribing you Halo. We're going for hardcore or nothing, bitch. <laughs> I want you some S ranks up in this motherfucker. Sorry, that terrible joke aside. Yeah, no, I. The ADHD thing's received kind of nothing but positive feedback since it went out there. So I'm hoping they'll be able to do something similar with this for people mm-hmm. who need it. So yeah, I'm still amazed to be alive in a time when you can be prescribed a video game. So that's a whole other topic. Yeah. I still want to play that thing. I'm just kind of curious as to what it's like. I'm assuming it's not like the best game ever made, but still curiosity. It thing. looks nice. Like the yeah. graphics look nice. Yeah. 
Rayman on my Nintendo 64 kind of style. Mm. More yeah. like a, what's the right phrase for it? Um, City Kong Racing, kind of. That's the look it's got going on, sort of. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, though, to how do you pronounce it? Apogee? Apogee? Apogee. Apogee. Apogee is back. And if you're sitting there going, okay, but who is Apogee? Well, um, Apogee is a company that you maybe know the work of, but maybe not necessarily the name of. And they're kind of a big deal. Like they were, yeah, yeah, they were kind of instrumental for things like uh, Wolfenstein 3D, which, you know, that's id, but also was kind of through Apogee. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, it's been a company that's been involved in launching a lot of, you know, a lot of different games and so, and franchises such as Duke Nukem, Prey, Max Payne, you know, you know, Pax Payne still around, you know, like, and they even did a recent game like Ion Fury, which you may have heard that went through some changes in name change because uh, uh, it used to be Ion Maiden, but which was a great name. But and it's it's actually done in the same old '90s build engine that Duke Nukem was done in. Duke Nukem 3D was done, but yeah, they are back, and it sounds like they're kind of trying to do what they had done before. Now they're focusing on the indie game scene and helping indie you know, indie devs, you know, fund, fund their games and produce. So I, I imagine that's what they're looking to get. That seems like that's what they're looking back into because that's what they did back in the past. Yeah. And, you know, did, you know, they basically helped with all the parts of that for those early games. They were kind of doing it before it was cool to do in a, in a sense, but yeah, it's got, it's actually kind of cool to see that they're back into it. They exist again. And yeah, I'd like to see what, you know, who, like where they're, you know, who they end up partnering with in the future and, you know, which in the titles they help launch. But yeah, that's, that's actually really cool news. Yeah. They back. They were never kind of away, but they back, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more news things to get through. Um, Gearbox is threatening to expand out of Texas. Over some, uh, as a form of protest, I guess is maybe the way of taking this one, over some anti-trans bills that are being passed right now. So it's, I, I love the approach of we're not just gonna leave. We're gonna, exp- we're gonna open a bunch of satellite offices and expand ourselves out of your goddamn state. You get none of our revenue anymore. I, it's go gearbox on this one. I got some points for the approach. Yeah, I mean, in in like one of the. You know, one of the things that they said, and it, it, you know, it's, you know, in one of the kind of the letters that they've sent to the, to the governor of Texas is one basically saying, you know, by putting it through this bill, you're also hurting our ability to attract employees because like, and he actually specifically says like millennials and below are widely LGBTQ like friendly and don't like bills like this. and they said they've already have trouble competing with places, you know, other places that don't have such regressive policies going on. So, so yeah. So, and I think it's smart to put it in a sort of business sense words when you're trying to talk to, you know, 
people that have already made the decision when it comes to their, you know, where their morality is. That yeah, is it's like, I will hit, they're basically, they're saying, I will hit you where it hurts most, which is dollars, tax specifically revenue. tax revenue. And this is a not small company. Gearbox is pretty big. It's yeah. not like massive on the size of, you know, no, they're say, a publisher. Sony, yeah, we make a lot of jokes but, about them, but. But they're pretty big. And so this yeah. is actually pretty big news. I mean, though other companies have also come in to say similar things to other, you know, like IBM and Apple and Microsoft also have also leaned into the, say, signing a letter for Texas to up to, you know, to basically not be regressive yeah and and, i mean it's also happening with other stuff right now with like georgia um Mm -hmm. and was it major league baseball moved the all-star game out of georgia because Mm -hmm. of the election law stuff they're passing over there so So, yeah and i mean that's the thing you hit them in the money that's you know capitalism 101 yep (laughs) money so here we are Keeping with our money theme, I guess, let's talk about Humble Bundle real quick. A totally different conversation we talked about just now. So, for a long time, Humble Bundle's kind of had a slider where you could split your money three ways between who it went to when you gave the money, which made sense given how Humble Bundle's whole thing. Uh, they are capping the charitable slider at 15% of your pay, which I guess doesn't not make sense for people abusing this in real ways. Whenever I bought from Humble Bundle, I did a even three-way split, typically. Maybe that's what they're going after now. It was too much of an even three-way split. Yeah. Which, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like, and I would generally give kind of a large, I would generally put like charitable donations kind of large, like at 40% or something, generally speaking, and then split the other two evenly. But yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I'm not sure how much money they could have been losing on that, considering that, it's not like they have necessarily are having to pay. Yeah, I I was under the impression that the company's offering their games up in these bundles. It's not like Humble Bundle had to pay them outright for it and then like then get a small cut as you know repayment. I didn't think that's what was going on, but I don't know. I don't know how their business model works, but this is what this is the thing. So. There will still be options on how to split it, on the how to split the donations. But yeah, now the there is a cap on charitable donations. Yeah, we'll see how this one turns out. I guess like it's it, it doesn't not make sense. I guess too, given that they've been yeah. ramping up humble bundle as a straight publisher in the last couple of years. We've talked about that a couple of times. So yep, yeah, we'll see how this one plays out. So. Talk about Cyberpunk 2077 real quick. So uh, we're all familiar with the disaster that was Cyberpunk 2077, correct? Yeah. Uh, I, maybe Henry's already read this, so maybe this is just Alex. Um, you know, they offer those refunds kind of thing. How many roughly refunds do you think were issued as part of that whole shtick? Like, what do you think the percentage of people that bought the game versus returning them were? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, given I mean, the outrage. I- it's I thought it. Was, like a lot. I also don't quite know how many copies were sold. I only saw numbers of how much they made. That doesn't necessarily tell me tell you how many were sold. Well, so let me tell you. So out of so 
13.7 million copies have been sold to date. Okay. About 30,000 got refunded. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a lot smaller number than you'd expect based on the outrage. Yeah, I I think what happened is I think some people may have like rescinded their refund. Like that is yeah, like I kept mine. Like they they decided they didn't want a refund. They yeah. they had thought about it, or maybe it even put in for it, but then decided, no, I guess maybe it'll get fixed, and then they didn't didn't go through with the refund. Yeah. So I think that's probably a thing. But uh, but I think the bigger news was it wasn't it got delisted on you know on Sony and stuff. So I mean, yeah. but you just couldn't buy it at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. And I guess I throw some more numbers at this. Uh, CD Projekt Red has had to refund roughly $2.7 million, which ain't nothing except when you compare it to the over $560 million they took in as part of this in 2022. Uh, sorry, in 2020. Yeah, one of those numbers is a lot bigger than the other, and it scales in horrifying ways. So I, I know we all were like, yeah, we're sticking to CD Projekt Red and all this bullshit. Uh, turns out, no. Not even remotely. Well, I think I think there again, there's um, uh, there's something called the the uh, idea of the 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 loud minority of people. Oh yeah, no, it's like, absolutely this case. And on digi- especially in the you know online, like when when there's a really loud subset of people, but they're somewhat unified, they can seem much bigger than sort of everybody else that has nothing to say about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, as far as what I've heard, I mean, the game's fine, you know, once they've put in, you know, been putting in all the patches and stuff, but I still don't know if I'll ever get around to playing it, though. I haven't bought it or anything, so, but maybe when it goes on sale someday, I'll think about picking it up and playing through it, but for the moment, I don't know, don't really care. There you got it. The uh, big cyberpunk outrage. Well, we were outraged. Apparently didn't really... Our money was not where our mouth was, so to speak. And hell, I, I didn't return it, my game. It yeah. never fucking is. I mean, yeah. how often do we hear people bitching about loot boxes in Call of Duty, yet Call of Duty is consistently one of the highest-selling games of all, like, every fucking year? Uh, yes. Come on! I knew that shit wasn't gonna. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. gamers. Gamers are one of the biggest of the hypocrites on the face of the planet. At the end of the day, yeah, it's yeah. We know what we are. Let's be completely fucking honest. Case yep. in point, Blizzard is a scummy ass fucking company, and yet here I am still playing fucking WoW. Like, come on! I'm well aware of the hypocrisy of gaming. Like, come on! You live it daily. I live it. My ongoing text about are you playing WoW right now, you fucker? Don't help. Yeah. So, come on. Come on. We're not fooling well, fucking anybody. That's a good transition to our final news topic as any. So, uh, let's talk about Jeff Kaplan. Yes, the Jeff Kaplan. That Jeff Kaplan. You know, Mr. Overwatch is what we're going to now call him because it makes it funnier to talk about him. Uh, sir, Jeff from the Overwatch team? Yes. So, Alex, you're the one that's probably most qualified to talk about Jeff Kaplan in some ways, given that you will have an active and well-used Blizzard account at this point. But so to preempt all this talk, 
Uh, Jeff Kaplan is has is, has he actually left by now, or is he in the? Yeah, he's he should be gone now. Yeah. Yep. He has departed from Blizzard, which once again brings up our whole kind of ongoing theme in this podcast of the whole ship of Theseus slash axe debate of if you were buying Blizzard games because they're Blizzard games. How much more of quote the Blizzard isn't there anymore before it's no longer Blizzard? But why is this a big fucking deal, Alex? So Jeff is one of the like veterans of Blizzard. Like, I mean, he's he's been there for eighteen years. He worked on World of Warcraft. He like carried Overwatch for quite a bit, and like even with Overwatch being like even my disdain for Overwatch now. Like, he's still, like, one of the iconic guys at Blizzard. He's yeah. right up there with, like, all if the I'm other primary I'm guys. If I interject, I'd say, like, he is Mr. Secret Sauce of Blizzard in some ways. At yes, like, absolutely. He's been involved in all the big, really successful things Blizzard has done. Maybe not yeah. in a leadership role, but, like, yes. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he's just, yeah. So having him leave again, just kind of seeing that we've had so many people leave Blizzard, like like big names in Blizzard League, like you had Mike Morheim leave, uh, which that was huge. That yeah. one was probably the biggest one. Mike Morheim, yeah, he was one of the founders. I mean, he left and he started his own thing. Um. You know, and then you have all these other guys who've left who started their own company shortly afterwards. You know, yeah. we've got uh Dreamhaven. Um, I know we just started was it Warchief Gaming is another one that just Sounds started right, recently. Yeah. yeah, which is uh the guy who plays Thrall. I can't remember the name his name off the top of my head. Grom? I'm kidding. <laughs> what? I said Grom and I'm kidding. <laughs> Grom. No, Chris Metzen, how could I forget? Yeah. Chris Metzen, he uh, he was also a huge name. He left too, but he he left pretty early on. Like he was one of the earlier guys who had left, but he he took off earlier when it came to like personal reasons, and then he came back for a bit. He's doing voice work again right now for Thrall stuff, but like he's not involved the way he was before in terms of like story and franchise development for Warcraft. Um, you just had actually one of the guys recently for Diablo leave too like they've been they've been slowly leaving samwise uh i can't remember his, i can't pronounce his last name and i'm not gonna do it because i'm gonna butcher it um yeah he's a senior art director he's gone so like i don't know yeah it's it, it very much true like is it really blizzard at this point like it's it no <laughs> yeah and so. i think the the you know, one of the things to, you know, consider is, you know, this is sort of being, you know, between reading between the lines, these people aren't leaving because they're retiring. You know, they're, people retire all the time. They retire from industries. People retire from the game industry. But no, these people are leaving and then starting new companies or joining other companies. And that's, you know, <clears throat> and... That's that's the sort of concerning part is it's not like they've left and then they're done. No, they are leaving and then going and doing also video still being in video games. Yeah. And I mean and, and I think like also I've mentioned before that 
you shouldn't put too much weight into say, you know, some of these, you know, big name directors leaving a studio because that does leave room for somebody else to take the reins. But especially in the case of Blizzard, like it's like all of the leadership that kind of made them Blizzard has left. Like all the all the important, you know, kind of the people with the vision, people that were really kind of started there and then had the vision and were carrying the vision, they're all gone. So it, it, it's it's weird to usually people like that will stick around in a company and just kind of, you know, end up retiring there or but yeah, so many of them have left and started new companies. That's yeah, that kind of gives you a I think that's goes without saying that's sort of a sign that yeah, things are not right with the Blizzard ship. We've been talking about that for a while, I think. Like I know we like offhandedly make the joke about like it's Blizzard Activision now. How long until it's Activision, I mean, Activision, it's, Activision, it's, Activision. It's Activision. It's Blizzard yeah. Activision in name only. Let's be yeah. fucking honest here. Like anybody yeah. who thinks it's not, like even even me who who used to drink high amounts of copium when it came to this <laughs> stuff has to be fully aware that it 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 is Blizzard Activision for name only, and it's because they Activision had such a bad connotation that they wanted to keep Blizzard in the name. I think the only reason it's yeah, the only reason it's still Blizzard Activision or Activision Blizzard is because Blizzard's reputation was so good that it's like, yeah. oh, we'll just, we'll keep that. People will assume it's good. No. I think once now that the reputation for Blizzard is pretty shit now, Activision could just take, just dump the Blizzard. I would not be surprised if in a year from now, Activision completely removes the Blizzard part I from the name moving forward. Too, I think that's too soon, but I... I think the telling one you'll see is the moment you see a non-Blizzard game at BlizzCon. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I feel like we're working our way there slowly, just because there hasn't been that much to show off at BlizzCon, but you know what comes out every year? Call of Duty. Yeah. Well, I mean, like... Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and the thing is, like, just to kind of piggyback on what Henry was saying before I forget, like, these guys aren't retiring. Like, like they're uh, leaving. Yeah, they're it's, leaving. This, this, it sounds the same, but it's a difference. It's a real difference. But, there. but like, just to show you the level, of like, like, just like to show you, like, the level of, like, let's get back into it. Mike Morheim, the day his non-competing clause expired, is when he announced Dreamhaven. Yeah, the fucking day that it was done, he announced it. And so then you have Dream Heaven, you have Frost Giant, you've got Moonshot, Secret Door, uh, like yeah. And these are all like these are all studios that specialize in a bunch of different things, like what things that Blizzard used to do. Yeah, like I think Frost Giant does RTS stuff, so that's their big focus. Um, I don't know what Dream Heaven's gonna do or Moonshot MMO or sure looks like an MMO as we've talked about in the past. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, hell, you even had a uh, Ghost Crawler who used he uh, his name was Ghost Crawler, but like yeah. he worked over at Riot. He's working. Riot's working on an MMO right now. Yeah, and he's they've Riot has been luring a lot of Blizzard people as well. Like a lot. He, I know that a lot of people they've actually talked about, and when they were doing the big expose on Blizzard a while ago, they've talked about a bunch of people who left Blizzard to go work for Riot. I mean, it's generally, I mean. Irvine to Santa Monica is a big difference, but like 
Comparing really. Blizzard to Riot is a, in terms of quality for work, Riot was a lot better. And that says a lot given a lot of Riot's bullshit that we've talked about on this show. I, 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 again, like we cannot, like we're not trying to downplay the popularity of that game when we talk about Riot being a questionable company. We're talking about the company and company alone kind of thing. Like they, yeah. they're fucking killing it. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Riot's working on an MMO and, and a fighting game. Yeah, holy shit, that's right, they are working on a fighting game. I remember, didn't they, they bought out some robot fighting game a yeah, while ago that uh, I liked. Uh, Ion something or something like that. Uh, Lightning Strike, yeah. It, it... No, they have that Diablo game coming out, too. Yeah, it, they are poised to Blizzard Blizzard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Rising Thunder. That's what it was. Rising Thunder, that's the right one. That was a great fucking game. <laughs> yeah, so... um, Yeah, no, it's just... With Kaplan leaving, that's just another one of the big, like... The big... I guess, like, the lords yeah. of Blizzard that are, like, gone. It doesn't look good. I mean, it's it's not surprising, considering, like, you started hearing about the, the accounting department changing up and the finance people in charge were all Activision people and shit started yeah. getting cut and all that. Yeah, it's not surprising at all. Like, yeah. I still stand by my thing that give it a year you'll probably see Blizzard drop from the Activision name. Maybe yeah, it I mean, is. Maybe it is too bold, but... I think, like, it'll get... <sighs> So that's the thing too. Like Treyarch is part of Activision. We we talk about Treyarch as being Treyarch, but like it's still its own studio. I think you're going to see kind yeah. of Blizzard be moved down to maybe not like not like maybe not exactly a Treyarch position, but like an equivalent of like no, it's a Activision studio. It already technically yeah. is. It's, it's not, not a not subsidiary. As, it's a studio. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rebranding of Blizzard Studio. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite end of an era moment, but it definitely feels like one. This is the start of an end of an era. Yeah. The crumbling of an empire, if you will. It's been crumbling for a while, I think, too. I, yeah. I, oh, it's definitely a slow burn. Well, and I think it's one of those ones where kind of like it, it's the wow post Wrath of Lich King, it's Hearthstone, where the games, by all measures, are still doing well enough, but like you have data to go back to being like, no, you have fallen. Like, you're still doing fine compared to lots of other games out there, but, like, this used to be a pinnacle game, and now it's just another game out there. Kind of thing. The, the fact that Final Fantasy fourteen is Final Fantasy fourteen is a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, except to Ra. You know how it works by now. You're good like that, listeners. But, <coughs> yeah. No, that more or less does it for this week's show. Anything you two want to talk about before we kind of tap uh, close this one out? Um, well, other than like I'm streaming again, which is actually nice. I streamed two days in a row. I might stream some more tonight at some point. Um, yeah. So you can catch me in Mave Online. I'm on uh, Twitch, uh, YouTube Gaming, Facebook Gaming. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I started a TikTok, but there isn't shit on it. Um, it's all Mave Online, so. Follow me. Check me out. Say hi. 
Yeah, I'm uh, Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook. I haven't really been posting lately. I just been really busy, and I'm also the same Kraken Zero on Twitch. There again, I haven't been really streaming too much lately. I might try to in the next couple of weeks or two, but yeah, if I'm streaming, I'll be posting on my social media about it. As um. Elite Dangerous Horizon gets closer and closer to being an actual release as opposed to just an alpha right now, which is what I've been avoiding like the plague. But maybe some Elite Dangerous streams out of me. We'll go explore the vastness of space and land on some planets and shoot some aliens. We'll probably just like inspect some rocks or something as I try to figure <laughs> that shit out. Uh, yeah, you'll see me use a flight stick and stuff like that potentially. So that'll probably be at least a month out though at this point too, based on the schedule. But yeah, I... There may also be in the future Friday Night Destiny streams. It seems that me and two of my clanmates are trying to put that into a more formal format, I guess. They're just kind of us bullshitting around playing Destiny, but they're fun, and we talk about some weird shit, but beyond that, nah. That will be on his stuff, though, too. If we're going to do that, I'll tweet about it on my... You know where to find me, Bordak, I'm or D4K on all that stuff. But, yeah. That it for everyone? Yep. Yeah. Cue the metal. Yeah.